This is a Soulfire production. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back. It's time to wander. Oh, feeling good. Feeling healthy, and I hope you're feeling healthy, too. Got a quick question for you before we get into the uh, delightful show that I have for you today. I'm curious about uh, how often I should be doing this show. Because it it started off as a weekly thing, but I feel like I'm missing stuff. Like, I, I missed... Kind of let the uh, the uh, Obama endorsement of Joe Biden kind of pass me by, but we're not letting Biden off the hook that easy. Don't don't worry about that. Um, and there's just a few things that I, I think this could be done more often, more frequently. But I want to hear from you, so uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram at Connor Wanders. Let me know if you want this a couple times a week, maybe three times a week. Maybe it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show with my other podcast coming out on the other days. Because uh, make no mistake, I am a podcasting a motherfucker. All right, today on the show, we're going to be talking about Joe Biden's new ad. We're going to jump in. I'm just going to do a little knee-jerk reaction for a video that just came out um, from our friend Laura Ingram over at the most reliable news out- network out there, Fox News. Um, and I just, it just this this video just came out, and and I couldn't I couldn't pass it up. And on the rundown. Today's rundown, the state of things is going to be kind of short because the rundown might run a little bit long and juicy uh, because um, I, I recently listened to an episode with Dan Crenshaw, who's a Republican congressman from Texas, and I like the dude. Now, we're going to get into get into all that, but um, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I liked what he had to say, but th- there, was a, there was a point in the conversation where I... Um, I felt like there needed to be needed to be some 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 commentary, and you know, I love commentary. So, so here we are. Um, also, just found this out. Just found this out. My neighbor has the Rona, and I haven't been near her. Uh, I see her from twenty feet away sometimes, uh, but her dogs are always barking, and she's always apologizing. And she, uh, yeah, she's a nurse. Got the Rona. Took a test a couple weeks ago, got her test results back a week later, and not feeling great. So she's real tired, but doesn't seem like uh, life-threatening. She just said she's very, very tired. So thoughts and prayers, I guess. But very interesting, because that's the first person I've met, or know, met seen in real life since they've gotten the Rona. I have a friend who has had the Rona and asymptomatic. No big deal. Uh, back in Austin, Texas. But... Interesting stuff, interesting stuff, and some new new stats have come out, but I did, here's the thing. USC ran a, a study saying that in between 220 and 440 uh, people in L.A. County um, have contracted and have the antibodies for the virus, which puts their death rate down to 0.01 to 0.02%, I think. But here's the thing, I, I just it's too early. I've seen people jumping all over this, and it's a, it's a thing to, to to reopen the economy and all of this, and and we're gonna jump into some of that down the road. But for me, I already caught myself early in this whole situation downplaying it, and I just I almost felt the same way about these stats. I'm like, yeah, and maybe I don't know. There's a lot more that needs to be done here. 
there's just more to look at. There's more to look at, especially when I, I thought initially I was like, oh, this is this is great. And the you know the death rate is much lower, yada yada yada. But it needs to be much more aggressive. And then you look at what happened in Italy and how that's all going down. I, I just don't, I don't know. And I did, I felt like it would be irresponsible. Unlike Fox News, I felt like it would be irresponsible for me to to elaborate on that without uh, a little bit more information, a little bit more insight. So that's my thought process behind that. And with that. Let's go ahead and just jump right into the state of things. Dum 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 dum. The motherfucking state of things. I love the state of things. It'd be interesting to do the state of things when this isn't all we're talking about. But. We may have forgotten that we do have an election coming up this year, allegedly. And our good friend, friend of the show, Joe Biden, just uh, the other day released a new ad. Really just sharing all he has to offer with the Democratic voters out there. Or the swing voters, or maybe the uh, non-Trump Republicans out there. Just anybody who's down to vote, who wants something a little different. Joe Biden released this new ad... I'm going to play it for you right now. Who are we? We are the ones who step up for each other. I've got your back. You've got mine. Kindness, humility, empathy. It's not just talk. It's who we are. It's just talk. It's who we always have been. No, it's not. And no one can take that from us. The movement to bring it back, it started here. And here. And here. In school gymnasiums, community centers, the living room down the block. You'll be where? Okay, we'll be there. Who are we? We're the movement that will beat Donald Trump. Welcome. We're going to have to sweat for it. We're going to have to sacrifice and fight. We're going to have to lead. Everyone is going to have to lead with kindness, humility, empathy, and not just talk, but action. Action today. Come the fuck on. Action tomorrow. Action until we win. And we will win if we do this together. It's who we are. It's who we always have been. Now let's show them. Okay, and you might be asking yourself, what's, what's wrong with that? If you're asking yourself what's wrong with that, okay. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with that. That ad was released in the middle of a pandemic. 22 million people are unemployed. 22 million. Maybe more than that, I'm sure. And there were a grand total of zero policy points in that entire ad. Zero. Zero. And I've seen other ads, too, that have been released. Nothing. Nothing. At, I just have to look at this and say, the Democrats are running a throwaway candidate for his last blaze of glory against an incumbent president. That just has to be what's happening here. 
They were so scared of swallowing the Bernie pill and actually having a chance to win, really reshaping the Democratic Party. They were so afraid of that, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna run Joe Biden, give him his last little hoorah before he's out of the out of the political spectrum, and and they're gonna try and just 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 get people to vote with some kind of bullshit word association. I mean, I need to go back and count how many times they said empathy and compassion and whatever the fuck, and it's just it's it's this pure. This is the Joe Biden that lives next door thing. But that's not the situation we're in. The person that lives next door to me has motherfucking coronavirus. Okay? What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about all the small businesses that are fucked? Talk about that in your goddamn ad. But you're going to sit here and and, and do some bullshit word association. This is some really low-level neuro-linguistic programming. Like like somebody read a handbook on what it means and just threw a bunch of buzzwords at us trying to get people to vote. You think that's going to change people like me from leaving that shit blank into voting for Joe Biden because you said the word empathy at me six times and you showed a, peep, a, a picture of a diverse group of people? What the fuck do you think this is? Donald Trump is going to rip this person apart Unless he has some steadfast policy points that he can, that can prop him up. Now, on one hand, we have Donald Trump who can't fucking read, and on the other hand, we got Joe Biden who can't fucking talk. Between the two of them, they couldn't they couldn't fucking have an SAT score to get into a community college the way it's situated right now. This is this is insane. And you're gonna throw that you're gonna invest money into that ad. That's where your money's going, Joe Biden. Really. And you expect that to change someone's mind. That ad's supposed to go out into the world and change someone's mind because you're pretending to be compassionate. Not to mention, just a a few months ago, you were around a bunch of blue-collar workers calling one of them a son of a bitch because he was concerned about his Second Amendment rights. Why don't you talk to that guy? Why don't you make a video directed to that guy? Here's what we're going to do about gun policy that's practical and pragmatic and doesn't infringe upon your rights. That's a good idea. That might get somebody to change their fucking mind. Because this is just, this is, come on. And to be honest with you, Bernie didn't do himself any favors either. Because he kept saying this, I, I believe that Biden can beat Trump before he was out of the race. But when he was leading the race, he was saying that shit. My friend Joe, whatever the fuck else he needed to say, I, what, what are you doing? That's the downfall of the Bernie campaign. The strongest policies, the best record, a candidate that has a history of quality judgment, but you're going to say that your competitor, the, the person you're competing against for the nomination, can beat the incumbent president. Why would you ever say that? Because he fucking can't, and you know he can't. And it's this acting out of fear bullshit that makes the left look so weak and so just, ugh. It makes, like, I, I can't even stomach saying the word liberal anymore because it's a bunch of fucking crybabies, and I don't want to be associated with that crowd of people. It's, it's, it's as if you've forgotten that we're playing a political game here. This is politics, people. 
This isn't sunshine and fucking rainbows. The person that sits in the Oval Office might have to send people to die overseas. And yes, empathy is a part of that, and understanding is a part of that, and compassion is a part of that. But you got to give us something that shows that you're an actual fucking leader and not an empty suit that's going to do the bidding of Nancy Pelosi, who's just as corrupt as any fucking Republican out there. I mean, come the fuck on. What is this? What world are we living in right now? And Joe Biden's going to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars into putting that ad on people's phones and computers and TVs. God damn it. Lean onto what you have, which is policy, if you're Bernie Sanders, who's actually acted with compassion and acted with empathy. But no, he's not, he's not available anymore. Not to mention that everybody really wanted him to be the vice presidential candidate. But you're committed to having a woman as a vice presidential candidate because you said that at the last debate to get a little bit of a hoorah for yourself there. A little golf clap. Oh my God, thank you. Why don't you pick the best fucking vice presidential candidate that gives you a chance to win, which in, by all rights is Bernie fucking Sanders. This is a joke. This is identity. This is the reason that people are disgusted with the left. This identity politics fucking nonsense. Why? That's your ad. And that's not the only one. They're all like that. Give us something we can put our fucking fingers around and say this is something that will support people who have lost their fucking jobs, who have lost their health care, which is attached to their jobs. Where's your plan for that, Joe Biden? Because you, you, you said you'd veto Medicare for all. Now what? Nothing to say? Nothing to say. What are we going to do? That's our system here. You lose your job, you lose your insurance. I mean, shit. The one time where I've been fired from a job where I had insurance, right? And it was really good insurance, and I was very happy with it. And if you have a job where that's you're happy with insurance, that's great. What it would have cost me to maintain that insurance for the six-month or whatever COBRA allows for was $670 a month. Swallow that pill when you lose your fucking job. Oh, God damn. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? This is just absurd. And I, you know, dude, I, I want a woman in the White House as much as anybody. I think a, a woman would make a great president. But I look at this in, in terms of the best people we have right now. And right now, you've got, a, you've got somebody who can't finish a sentence representing the party that I lean towards, and I'm fucking pissed. And a lot of us are. Shit, we had a, we had a, a couple friends over that were all corona-free and have all been quarantined, so okay. And I ask, like, who at this table, and everybody's in between 27 and 36, who at this table would vote for Bernie, was going to vote for Bernie, was planning on voting for Bernie? Everybody. Okay, all five of us or whatever. Who's going to go vote for Joe Biden? Nobody. And that's people from, from personal trainers to fucking people who are making well over six figures. That's our age demographic. And you think you're going to fucking, you think you have a chance to win? Come on, man. Get it together. Get it together. Identity politics on the left and the right are fucking shameful and embarrassing. 
The thing is, on the left, we fancy ourselves as intellectuals. Like we're, we're above it. And then we placate into this, into this, whole, this whole condescension piece to the Trump supporters. Which doesn't do anybody any favors either. It just it just makes it them more more rigid in their beliefs, and demonstrates our fucking arrogance. Not the way to go about change, and just pathetic, pathetic that this is where we're going right now. Oh man, Ooh, I got a little more heated than I thought I was going to on that right there. Ooh baby, all right. That's Joe Biden. Let's move on to. Um, our friend over at Fox News, Laura Ingram, with whatever the fuck her show is called, the Ingram Offensive or whatever, some stupid-ass name that people that watch Fox News enjoy, I guess. Ingram Angle, sorry. The Ingram Angle. So uh, I'm going to play this as a, a longer video, but I think it's it's all worth taking down. And I have some I have some split views on it, but I'm going to be stopping it periodically to uh, insert myself into Ingram Angle. <laughs> all right, let's play with this. But first, my thoughts at the end of day 35, America in shutdown. Democrats taking the viral path to socialism. Okay, first thing, this is the Fox News deal here. Anything that doesn't, isn't, isn't, isn't completely in alignment with their views is either socialism or communism. That's it. That's the, the, the title of this video is Democrats take the viral path to socialism. Um, makes no points, zero points in this. this. This is a theme of the videos today. They make absolutely, these two videos anyways, they make absolutely no points towards what they intended to, 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 to bring up, right? <laughs> they just put socialism in the title so it's a right-wing clickbait bullshit. Anyways, let's continue. You feel it, don't you? And you, you no. You see it? No. You sense it? No. There's a growing divide in America in this COVID-19 era. And I'm not talking about rich versus poor or black versus white or even red state versus blue state. It's absolutely red state versus blue state. Jesus fucking Christ. That's where your ratings come from, you fucking moron. Are you serious? The divide is perpetuated by you. Now, the left media does it as well. You are the instigator of the divide. You, this is what you do. You thrive in the divide. If the divide didn't exist, you'd be working somewhere else. You'd be a secretary somewhere. I, this, this one, I can't stand this woman, but give me a fucking break. Come on. There's a divide in America. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about the growing tension between the Open Now Coalition versus the Stay Closed and Perpetuity contingent. Now, the angle told you weeks ago that if people began to see the government's response to the coronavirus as more toxic than the virus itself, well, things would start to get heated. That's what we've been seeing over the past week or so. For those of you that are audio only, um, she was showing a crowd of about 150 people that I could see in frame, um, standing very close to each other. I don't think I saw a mask. A lot of signs, no masks. Um, okay, continue. We're starting to die because of the economy. I'm protesting the slow erosion of our rights. We're just here for our freedoms. People need to get back to work. It's about your constitutional rights. We're being muzzled by the government. And don't let the mask that you wear turn into that muzzle. And the president even chimed in yesterday. 
people feel that way. You're allowed to protest. I mean, they, they feel that way. I watched the protest, and they were all six feet apart. I mean, it was a very orderly group of people. And, uh, but, you know, some, some have gone too far. Some governors have gone too far. Okay, let me, let me put this out there. He walked that back. If you watch him say that, he walked that back. Some have gone too far. Some governors have gone too far. Makes it sound like he's talking about governors. Some people in these fucking protests have gone too far. There was someone in Denver, Colorado, honking at a counter-protester that was a nurse in scrubs standing in the road during this other, you know, trendy gridlock thing that people were doing. And this woman is screaming at this man with a sign that says land of the free. Telling him to go to China because he's a communist. Because he doesn't appreciate what the fuck they're doing. So their right to protest is more than is more valid than his right to protest? That shit happened down the street from where I live. And you're gonna and Laura Ingram's gonna pout off about a fucking divide? What do you think you're doing with your goddamn show right now, lady? Come on. Now the folks protesting the stay-at-home orders are mostly small business owners, their moms, their dads. Absolute fucking bullshit. Absolute fucking bullshit. These people are Trump supporters. That's who they are. The people who are protesting the stay-at-home order are Trump supporters. And don't forget that Trump is the same person who said we're going to go to twelve from 12 cases to zero magically with this little, his make-believe little fucking line thing. Come, the, come on, dude. This this is the this is as big of a problem as any we have in politics is the fucking media. Students even who are seeing their futures go down the drain. Of course they're worried about their fellow man. Of course they want to keep the vulnerable, the elderly safe and secure. But they also complain about needless and arbitrary rules that declare bike stores essential but not churches. Bike stores are more essential to the economy than fucking churches. People use bikes as their only form of transportation. That's how they get from A to B. That's how they get their groceries. That's how they get where they're going. Bike stores are important. Churches, on the other hand, are not. Objectively. It's a gathering place of worship. Okay? I would never, I would never, ever say that the meditation studio that I go to is essential now. I can sit my ass on a fucking pillow upstairs. The entitlement of Christianity also just, well, that's a whole other, other conversation. But yes, lady, bike stores are more essential than churches. Let's continue. Now, this video was probably one of the more disturbing visuals from the last weekend. Officials in San Clemente poured 37 tons of sand into Ralph's skate court after skateboarders were caught routinely ignoring the no trespassing signs. Now, come on, this is kind of pathetic, don't you think? Our team it is kind of pathetic. It's kind of lame. I mean, but by definition, this is pretty lame. It's not as pathetic as her views on the world or the state of things. Um, but this is. Pretty cringeworthy for sure. Teens getting sunshine and zooming past each other. Really the problem here, the big threat to civilization. Also, you got to understand when they, when they put sand in skate parks, people are just fucking scared. They don't know what the hell the deal is. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Even the governors, no one knows what the fuck's going on. We have a little bit better understanding now than we did 
But that sand's going to come out. They're going to take it out. I mean, it's not like it's gone forever. It's still there. They didn't jackhammer the thing. So I understand that is a little bit frustrating. But we're just trying to handle this in the best way we can. No one is anti-skate park in the government. No one's like, this is my golden opportunity to, to get rid of the skate park. Give me a fucking break. I guess maybe. I don't know. But over the weekend, we learned that government researchers have found that simulated sunlight rapidly killed the virus and aerosols. Oh my God, simulated sunlight? Really? Huh? How much sunlight gets in your fucking nose and throat? What? This kind of shit is so silly. This is the same dumb shit that people had. People were holding uh, a fucking blow dryers up to their face and breathing in. The temperature inside of your lungs does not get that high. It's a function of your lungs. If you made your lungs 130 degrees, you would fucking die. So what are we trying to do here? Hmm, sunlight could actually kill it. Like mom always said, fresh air and sunshine really is the best disinfectant. BD okay, I want to show up hands right now for everybody out there. Whose mom ever said that sunshine and fresh air are the best disinfectant? Did anybody's mom ever say that? Really? But even if you who do socially distance in California, remember, you socially distance, but you can still be snitched upon. If you've observed recurring violations of the safer at home order, please continue to let us know at coronavirus.lacity.org slash business violation. You know the old expression about snitches. Well, in this case, snitches get rewards. Okay, whoever wrote that for the governor of California needs to be needs another job. That was that was awful. Dude, what are you what are you doing? Come on. I'm going to say come on 3000 times in this show. Snitches get rewards it's just giving it is that that person wrote that soundbite for fox news that one comment told you everything you need to know about how far elected officials are actually willing to go to enforce a new normal a phrase i despise because a new normal means civil liberties be damned does it is that, okay, that statement, a new normal means civil liberties be damned. Does that statement actually help anything? Does that statement actually do anything to help anybody? No. It, it further perpetuates the divisiveness that you brought up in the first part of your little clip here. There is going to be a new normal. This is something we were not prepared for that we didn't really handle well. And you're, 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 you're a part of the problem, Laura Ingram. But even when snitches aren't snitching, watch yourselves because drones are flying overhead. The drones make it easier for police to see into certain areas where access by patrol cars is more difficult. That includes tight spaces between buildings, behind schools, and in backyards. The drones donated by DJI, a Chinese company, have gone to 43 agencies in 22 states. Okay, I absolutely hate this. This is, this is not okay. 
And it's a Chinese company too, which you'll get into. I, I don't do not like the drone thing at all. At all. So scary. Not in love with that idea. Please don't do that. Chinese affiliated drone company. <laughs> I mean to that. I'm not saying oh brother, I say oh big brother. <laughs> Now, beyond the noble motives of keeping Americans safe and free at the same time is the ignoble goal of using this crisis to remake American society according to more progressive ideals. Let's use this situation, this crisis, this time to actually learn the lessons, value from the reflection, and let's reimagine what we want society to be. Well, how do we have a better transportation system, a better housing system, better public safety system, better health system, better social equity? And let's use this as a moment to really plan a change that we could normally never do unless you had this situation. Yeah, she's going to rip this up because she uh, she's actually unfamiliar with what a, how a leader speaks to people. Yeah, she's gotten uh, she's gotten really used to how Trump talks to people. She she's not real familiar with how a leader actually uh, conducts himself or herself. And yeah, we should reimagine how our healthcare system works and what we need on hand for the next round of this. Actually, Trump said a very similar thing in the last in the last briefing. Um, but let's not let's not criticize the way he says it. Let's look at Andrew Cuomo, a Democrat, a New Yorker. And let's criticize him saying it in a slightly different way because that is how we get ad money and further divide the country. Continue. Oh, that's it. Change you could never do if you actually had to run it by uh, the state legislature, perhaps. Or maybe he's just talking about improving the state government's response to future, heaven forbid, pandemics. That would be fine. Well, that would also require taking a hard look at why your state budgeters nixed ventilators in favor of social welfare projects. Oh, God forbid. God forbid you have to make a difficult decision between ventilators and social welfare projects. Both have the intention of saving lives. I think we can, I think we can forgive the 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 preference of social welfare projects over ventilators we weren't in a pandemic and we thought we had plenty and we thought we had a stockpile didn't think the whole entire fucking country would be hit with a pandemic where we'd need a ridiculous amount of ventilators so looking after their people so you're going to criticize them for that okay because it's because it's a social welfare welfare program because you know what you know what we're going to get into it later Ooh. He did. Meanwhile, you get the sense that someone out there is feeling a little left out in this COVID crisis because she's streaming up a storm on Instagram. Incrementalism is not helpful in this moment. We have to make sure that we demand meaningful change and meaningful assistance for working families. That means 2000 a month plus 1000 for your kids recurring. That's a, that's a pretty good amount. 2000 a month. Why stop at 5000 a week? Do I 
Five thousand a week. Yeah, twenty thousand dollars a month. That's what that's what people were asking for. People that just lost their jobs. They want twenty thousand dollars a month. They want two hundred forty thousand dollars a year from the government. So stupid. Of course, AOC is out here saying exactly what she's been saying this entire time. It hasn't changed much, but she has to represent herself so far left because people like Laura Ingram want nothing for people, really. Especially people that are disenfranchised, of color, and poor. That's, that's their motive. That's the, that's the way that she thinks. So any chance to attack somebody who's attempting, and I don't agree that people need 2000 a month plus um, 1000 per child in perpetuity, that's, that's, that would do more damage than good, I, would, I assume. But you got to understand where the girl's coming from. And to look at this, and, 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 and in a time of pandemic, somebody wanting real change as if they're a villain is so, so ridiculous. I hear six. All right, out on the left coast, though, they're not about to be outdone by the New Yorkers because Governor Gavin Newsom has his own ideas about how to use the shutdown to open up a path of new climate change policies. His new task force will be headed by none other than, drumroll please, that everyman, Tom Steyer, the billionaire who believes in banning fossil fuels, a wealth tax, and slavery reparations. He says the goal of the task force is to recover as fast and as safely as possible from the COVID-19 induced recession and to create a fair, green and prosperous future that remedies some of the injustices which this COVID-19 pandemic has revealed in our society. This You know, a large percentage of people who have died from this, this pandemic have been black people. And poor people. And say what you want about Tom Steyer. Not a great politician. But puts his fucking money where his mouth is. Okay? As far as billionaires go, the guy puts a lot of money to work. Doing things that actually better the planet. And God forbid we move away from fossil fuels. God forbid we move away from fossil fuels. If we subsidize Tesla in the same way that they've subsidized the fucking major oil companies in the world, we'd be driving around in electric cars all over the fucking place. They're bought. Same as the left. They're fucking bought. And this is, this is just, it's, it's shameful. Pandemic has revealed a lot, all right. Yes, a lot about, about China, Fox News. About state preparedness about the ineptitude of the CDC, and about Democrats' unwillingness to tolerate dissent. Because if you're someone who believes the shutdowns in most states now are hurting in many cases more than helping, well, you're gonna be labeled a pariah and anti-science. And heaven forbid if you choose to exercise your First Amendment rights to peaceably protest. You know, this peaceably protest, we're about to hear from Mark Zuckerberg, but a lot of these people are carrying weapons in, in open carry states. Why? Because you can? Because you have a right to? Because th those rights, the Second Amendment rights, are there so that you can protect your community. But you're not protecting your community walking around in a fucking crowd when something like this is going around. It's the antithesis of what the Second Amendment is for. So understand where the fuck your rights come from and what they mean before you start carrying around a fucking AR-15 at, at an anti-lockdown rally. When people are acting, of course they're acting out of fear. 
And you got to think the course they're going to put harsh regulations of what people can do because they don't want to be the state that's a hot spot where hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of people die. They would rather you not buy fucking flooring supplies at the at the at the store for a couple weeks than be that place. Because then guess what? The way the divisive media works, if you happen to be a fuck it, Democrat or Republican, whichever one it is, the other side's media is going to attack you for being irresponsible. So in this place where you cannot escape scot-free, you 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 people want to blame the governors for putting on strict rules on what people can do during a quarantine? How about you blame the media for looking for any excuse to attack a, a politician from the other side than what who than who pays their fucking bills for anything that is could be a, an honest mistake. But no. No, that, that that that's fucking impossible. Let's hear from uh, old Zuckerberg. Somebody trying to organize something like that, does that qualify as harmful information? We do classify that as harmful misinformation and we take that down. So I think a lot of the uh, stuff that people are saying that is false around a health emergency like this can be classified as, um, as, as, as harmful misinformation. Harmful misinformation. Of course now it is. more true here new york will need 30 to 1000 ventilators first off there would be no president donald trump without facebook so fox news should just be sucking zuckerberg off on a regular basis without russia's influence and without facebook president donald trump would not exist he'd have his fucking reality show still and probably have bankrupted a couple other businesses in the meantime so let's be let's be let's be clear who's criticizing Facebook's policies when Facebook is almost single-handedly responsible for your president. That's sparked a lot of panic, right? Was that harmful or this? I think it was the worst probably the worst week of my life. Pretty much looking at, at possibly losing everything we've worked for. Yeah. The first week we have lost already 80% of our inventory. Right now we're at zero everywhere. I mean, no one's, it's, it's, I would have, it's even worse than I would have guessed. So if those folks wanted to show up and peacefully protest, that would be part of the harmful disinformation campaign that's been taken down from Facebook. I need the new rules. So snitching, spying with drones, limiting speech, chasing surfers off beaches or skateboarders out of skate parks, where there are few, proportionally, very few COVID cases. None of that sounds very healing to me. And those are my thoughts at the end of day 35, America in shutdown. To call those thoughts is, um, is a stretch. But there are talking points. There are talking points, and they'll get ratings, and they'll get people pissed off, and maybe get a few shares and a few clicks, but um, overall as dangerous as anything in the way that these people are handling, handling themselves. Oh, I need to take a breath. Do you take a breath? I promise I won't be as, um, maybe I will be. I don't know. Fuck it. I might be as upset for the next, for the next seggy here, but um, let's go ahead and roll into the rundown.
Oh, something about this funky beat just uh, calms me down a little bit. Let play out a little bit here. Feeling it today. All right, let's run it down. Let's run it down. Man, I'm I'm a little tired. <laughs> I fucking got after it on this show today. Damn. All right, Dan Crenshaw, Republican congressman from Texas, my home state. My home state. We're going to cover two topics here. Um, both very valid, and I think both very helpful in a lot of ways. Um, but I want to point a few things out out here and in typical Connor Wanders fashion, we're going to uh, criticize the left and the right. Yay. (laughs) But uh, we're going to play a clip again. I'm going to stop a little bit and um, maybe skip around, but um, I'm just going to dive into a few things here because he gets into this stimulus package and how it, um, how it all kind of went down and his criticism about the populist left and populist right. Um, Let's just let's 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 get in there. But but I but I feel our culture is a little bit backwards on this, and it it worries me a great deal. We've we've changed we've changed a few definitions, like what it means to be a victim. I think we've changed that definition overwhelmingly, and we've this. changed the definition of justice also, and, and and injustice, and what an injustice actually is. We've forgotten how to we've forgotten how to distinguish between discrimination and disparities like just because you don't have the same thing does that effectively mean there was a, some injustice that occurred there we're not asking those analytical questions yes. and and I, and I think that's a real problem and it's it's made debate very difficult it's it's made debate with my colleagues in the democratic party very difficult because every disparity is assumed to be originating from some kind of injustice you know every time somebody is wealthier than somebody else the assumption nowadays is that, well, it's ill-begotten money and that there's some kind of injustice that occurred. You know, when we were when we were voting on this giant stimulus package. Not- I before we, before we move on, I think he's spot on there. And I think that he's spot on uh, personally, I think, in your, in, in your personal life. And I see this a lot on the left. And, and he's right to criticize uh, much of the left for this. There's a disparity that is not necessarily a disparity that does not necessarily mean that there is injustice at play. That's not really the case, and I believe that 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 holds true on a personal level. But there's a lot of factors that go into that, and I'm going to use myself and, and Kelly, my my girlfriend, as an example. I chose a career, and before all of this podcast stuff in strength and conditioning and fitness. So the top end of my career making, you know, unless, but this is kind of pre online media and and online sales of of fitness programs and skinny tea and all that shit. Um, $150,000 a year would have been amazing. I'm in the top half of a 1% in the fitness industry doing that. Um, And that was kind of the goal. Kelly took, uh, a different route. She went to broadcasting and spent some time with the Lakers and the Dodgers and the top end of that career. I mean, you're talking about working at ESPN or something like that. You're talking about hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of dollars a year, depending on how you go about yourself and how long you're in that industry. So that doesn't necessarily mean that 
one of us worked harder than the other or that was less more or less dedicated. It's the top end of those industries has a lot to do with how much money you have the, the ability to make. Now, you have the choice to choose whichever one you want, but you need to choose something that is important to you, that is of value to you. And I think that that's something that's worth noting here before we continue. So that being said, let's continue. Not really a stimulus package, more of a rescue package. Remember how this happened? There was, you know, we were negotiating through this thing. It was actually looking pretty good. Nancy Pelosi comes in, says, hell no, we're blowing up the whole thing. And uh, we're going to protect workers and damn, you know, not these damn corporations. God forbid we protect workers. Continue. Okay, so, you know, you fast forward a few days, you ended up passing basically the same bill anyway. Um, that's a long story. I'd be happy to go into the details of that politically if you'd like me to. But the point is this. There was this outrage from the populist right and the populist left against anything that had the name corporation attached to it. And we've forgotten how to ask ourselves, like, why is that? Did they do something evil? What, what, what exactly is evil about these entities? You know, they, they employ lots of people. They create lots of wealth. And in this particular case, they're not being bailed out. They didn't do anything wrong. But we're really mad at them for some reason. We really hate them. Because there's this sort of cultural movement towards towards feeling that anytime something is successful, like our reaction should be to punish it. And I, that, that cultural movement worries me a great deal. It worries me a great deal. It's, I think that's what leads to these sort of topics of socialism. Okay, it absolutely is what leads to, those, to these topics of socialism. But I think that there's this idea on the right that we try to villainize corporations. Okay, anybody on the progressive side of this whole thing wants to villainize corporations that if anything is successful, it's bad. And that in the stimulus package, people were very upset with the amount of money these corporations were getting. That is highly, highly, highly reductionist. Highly. The way that they've invested their money, the way they've conducted themselves is incredibly irresponsible. If you want to talk about the airlines, they had 10 years of massive profitability. And they don't have the cash on hand to withstand three months. That's irresponsible. But you expect the people, the populace, the workers who create those companies to have had the, to hold themselves to a, a different standard than the company holds itself to. So the idea that, that we're villainizing companies has very little to do with anybody being villainized or be anybody being wrong. It's about the priorities of the federal government. They're not prioritizing workers. Workers are an afterthought and they get a few crumbs here and there when the corporations are doted upon by the federal government. So it's not that these corporations are necessarily inherently bad or, or, or something is wrong with them or that they you know, gained their power by any kind of uh, corrupt means, although many of them did. We've just been shown over and over again that they're financially irresponsible and that they are oftentimes putting themselves in bad situations that we pay the consequences for, i.e. Bernie Madoff, right? Or Bernie, whatever the fuck his name was. You know what I'm talking about, the housing crisis. And you got to think people need to take responsibility for fucking subprime mortgages and all this other stuff and, and knowing that they got themselves in a shitty situation. But at the same time, it goes both ways. And I think that we've been shown that corporations don't really act in the interest of the people, and that's not really their responsibility because it's fucking capitalism. So at where where at this in this in this whole conversation, 
who is looking out for the people? And he's going to get into this in a little bit where I think, you know, we're going to expand on this, but who's looking out for the workers? There's a handful of unions out there, which seem to do a pretty decent job, but who, who is, and it's not, like I said, it's not that we think that these companies are inherently bad or wrong or, or anything like that. That's not, there will be people that say that, but again, that's just as wrong on the other side. But it's where, what are the priorities of the federal government? And how do, they, how do they represent themselves in a crisis? That's an important question to ask. And repeatedly, it seems like they favor these corporations. But it doesn't have the downstream effects that they pretend that it does. So let's, let's, let's keep moving here. Well, I think that that is one of the bad aspects of the ideals of socialism is this inclination to think that when there is an inequality, that then inequality is because of either corruption or greed. There's also inequality of effort. People do not put in the same effort. And when you put in more effort, you're more focused, you're more disciplined, you do more work, you should be rewarded. And there's people that don't like that idea. And they don't like that idea because they're fucking lazy and they're weak. And that's a fact. And there's people in this world that are weak. And there's, it's, it's an unpopular thing to say. Because we want to say that, no, they're, they're economically disenfranchised. And they're, they, some people are. Yes, some people are. And... There's also some people that work like a motherfucker and those people get by and they get ahead and those people should be rewarded for their effort. One of the problems that I have with people that espouse socialist ideals is that they don't want this competition aspect of our culture and our society to exist where you put in more work, you get more reward. That's my whole life. That is my whole life. I mean, the, the, every, everything that I've ever done, I've realized, oh, all you have to do is work harder than everybody else. All you have to do is put in more time. All you have to do is be more obsessed, more focused, and you can get by. You can get ahead. Well, the people that don't like that are the people that don't like competition. They've, they don't understand it. It makes you feel bad when you lose. Everyone should get a trophy. Everyone should get a participation trophy. That is a giant problem with our culture. And this inequality, yeah, there is income inequality. Some of it is corruption. Some of it is bad. Some of it is inequality of effort. And that needs to be addressed as well. And it's not, you can't have this blanket thing that all the people that run corporations are greedy and all the money that they have acquired is because of ill-gotten gains. It's just not true. It's not true. And it's, it's anti-American, frankly. All right, this is a this is a such a good point that Rogan makes here, but I've also got to to to, to add something to this, and I think that let's talk about this. Let's let's break this down. You've got to work hard, get yourself in a situation where you can where you can succeed. Okay, now for Rogan as a fight commentator, as a comedian, like I was talking about with Kelly and myself, the top end is very high. I mean, this guy works his ass off. It's no joke. He's doing three or so, four podcasts a week that are two to three hours long on top of 10 sets at the comedy store or, or Laugh Factory or the improv, wherever he goes. So that's a lot. He fucking works his ass off and he's successful. And that's no one's out there being like Joe Rogan was hyper privileged. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, but take yourself out of the, the outliers in that world. Okay, put yourself in the shoes of a contractor. All right, starts off. 
framing houses, 18 years old, doing the thing, uh, learns a trade, gets good, learns how to manage people, and creates a contracting company. Boom. He's killing it. He's doing his thing. He's making good money. He's got a family. He's, 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 he built his own house. He did, he did the American fucking dream, okay? Now, he's, you know, contractor A is competing with contractor B and contractor C for, for jobs in similar areas and doing the thing. Okay, now that's great. And that's fucking, that's, that's very American. And he's hiring on people and he's bringing on people and he's teaching them the skills and doing the thing. But then the housing crisis happens in 2008. Was that his fault? Was that his responsibility? Does he need to pay for that? Because he's now out of he's now out of work. Now he's fucking broke. Now he's bankrupt. For what? He worked his ass off. He worked his ass off. He competed. He succeeded. But now what? Now he works at a motherfucking Walmart selling cans of paint. As long as the coronavirus isn't happening because you can't sell paint, apparently. But you've got to put this thing into context of real fucking people, right? Same thing can go for the the two coffee shops down the road from me that I like to go to. Shout out to Pinwheel and Black Eye Coffee. All right, they're competing. They're fucking three blocks away. They're competing, and they get the best products, and they get the nicest people. Like, where's the nice people at? Where's the good coffee? What am I doing? What, what, what are they doing to bring people in the door? They're doing their thing. They're a service industry. They're working on tips. They're busting ass. They've got good food. They're continually trying to just, like, create a positive experience. Is it their fault that coronavirus happened? But they won't get their stimulus money with their 10 employees because companies like Ruth Chris, Chris or whatever, that steakhouse, Got $20 million. Okay? They sucked it all up. I drink your motherfucking milkshake. Sucked it all right up. That thing is dry as fuck right now. So all these mom and pop shops that we love to go to and shop local and support local, those motherfuckers are out of business now. And they worked their ass off. And they they pursued something. So if you want competition, fucking A. Let the airlines compete for who can have enough cash on hand for a crisis and survive. Because I don't want to see Starbucks on every fucking corner. That, to me, is un-American. Let's, let's, let's keep moving. Yeah, I, I list a few um, tenets of a culture that make it a sustainable, successful culture. The first one is personal responsibility. I went into detail on that. Okay. The second one is mental toughness, okay. which I wrote a whole book about. So, and it's important for the, you, you, you said it exactly how I describe it when I give speeches on this, which is we need mental toughness because otherwise, how do we survive in a free society where we have to compete? Because the only alternative to a bunch of mentally weak people is that we do live in a society where competition is not necessary because the government will just give you everything. But I don't want to live in that society. And frankly, that society can't function very well because nobody would actually do anything. And you have to be mentally tough to deal with that. And, and I think the American spirit and the American, our, our history as a culture is a really, really tough bunch of people. And I just want to remind people of that. And I want to remind people that it's something to aspire to. Like, this is a good thing. Like, it's cool to be tougher. It's not cool to be a victim. Right. right? But we have so many, like, postmodernists who actually, again, it's going back to this victimhood culture. They want you to be that victim, and then they'll celebrate you for it. Yes. When people tell their victimhood stories, they're cheered, but it's like, wait a second, where's the, where's the part where you overcame it? I thought that was the story we were supposed to cheer. Well, they also... Okay, 
personal responsibility and mental toughness on the micro level, okay, on the level of the individual, on the level of the of the smaller community, incredibly important. And Dan Crenshaw, I respect the fuck out of this man. He's a war hero. He's got his face blown up. He lost an eye. Like, and he put he put in the work. Hardworking motherfuckers. And a lot of this podcast is 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 Joe and Dan just stroking each other off for how tough they are, which is great. And they both are tough motherfuckers. But how many fucking CEOs of these companies do you think are tough? Really? How many of them have mental toughness? How many of them take personal responsibility for what happens in their companies? That's who we're talking about. Now, as a self-help book or a self-help idea, personal responsibility, mental toughness, paramount. And they go into talking about David Goggins and, and how tough he is. He's a tough motherfucker, too. There's some tough motherfuckers out there. Shit, my granddad's a tough motherfucker. He he fucking got he he had to drop out of school in the seventh grade because his dad died, and became the dude worked himself into a fucking being a millionaire. You know, like that's 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 a, a hell of a story. That story inspires the shit out of me every day. My hero. But I also know him working in the oil industry. I was on the phone with him yesterday, and guess who's losing their fucking jobs? Oil hands. Oil hands and rig hands. Those are the hardest working motherfuckers I've ever met in my entire life. I watched a guy on a rig one time. We were drilling a well, and a piece of uh, a a rotating part of the rig, I'm not going to go into the details, but it came around. He didn't have his hard hat on, busted his head open. And he had to get a handful of stitches in the side of his head. Okay. Now they were working 24 on, 24 off on the rig. The dude comes back the next shift. With his head shaved and a handful of stitches in one side. Ready to work. And when these oil companies go into this, whatever the fuck's going on now, where there's negative oil prices, that dude loses his job. You're going to tell me that guy's not tough? And tell me that guy's not tougher than the CEOs that we're bailing out right now. And you're going to say, oh, you're going to look down on the people, on the workers of the world and say, you need to be tougher and you need to take personal responsibility. Yes, that is true. And it's the government's responsibility to hold these corporations accountable, which they have continually failed to do. They've continually failed to do this, which puts us in a situation where we don't trust corporations and we don't trust the government, which leads to people that love socialism and full-on socialism, not like bits and pieces of socialism like me and any most progressives, right, that just want people to be able to be guaranteed health care. Full-on socialism because they don't trust the government enough. For some reason, they want to give them more power. I don't really understand it. It seems kind of backwards to me, but... It's like, well, this fucking game is rigged anyways. I might as well have some assurance. What's happening is that we're being led in the world. These people that lead companies are a bunch of fucking pussies. That's the problem. The problem is the people that are leading these companies that take zero personal responsibility, have zero accountability, and zero oversight are a bunch of fucking pussies who don't want to take responsibility for themselves. They've never had to. Because you don't get to those jobs. I want to give you a little uh, the, the fucking spoiler alert. You don't get to those jobs by working your ass off. Very rarely is that how that happens. You've got to be smart. 
you got to be savvy, and you got to be born in the right place to the right people with the right amount of money, with the right education, with the right network. That's how it happens. I fucking know these people. And th- when you have the fucking balls to look at the workers of America, the blue-collar workers of America, and you want to say, you need to take personal responsibility for yourself during a crisis when the government doesn't prioritize you, and you expect us to trust you more? Give me a fucking break. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The government has a role in enforcing accountability on companies that have leverage over the populace. And that is one of their most important roles in our society, and they've repeatedly fucking failed. That's why we don't trust them. That's why we villainize corporations. That's the fucking problem. Heated. What a day. What a day to be alive. What a day to be alive. I hope that you're healthy out there. I hope that you're taking care of yourself. And I hope you're loving this show. And if you do love this show, we're about to wrap this thing up. But uh, make sure to go over to uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave it a five-star review. Share it with some friends. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and uh, Twitter and TikTok at Connor Wanders. Putting out juicy content, little bite-sized nuggets from the podcast. Man, that was fun. I love this. I hope you're loving that. Remember, reach out to me and let me know if you want this show happening more often. Maybe we'll move it to twice a week and then maybe three times a week. Then maybe every fucking day. Maybe we'll have our own news network up in this bitch. Who knows? Thanks for letting me get heated. Thanks for hanging around to the very end. Man, what a time to be alive. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. And, um... Yeah, fuck it. We're all going to be all right. 